0: This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios. Tournaments fall leagues a redesigned injury system an improved 3d game real-time presentation and game highlights improved player morale and team chemistry and so much more out of the park baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval we all play it and have for years Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, Indie Sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I... I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OTP 17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv TV slash P424. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr. and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new 18 one for um for streams yet but i'm going to and i'm actually just gonna gonna start over I, I i won the world series that first year with the with the 17 team but i'm gonna start a new one we'll do the draft at some point soon so stay tuned for that but out of the park is is just so much fun you've heard me talk about uh other baseball video games i like it, they're, they're two different experiences this is the sim in-depth management sort of deal and then the other game is, is playing so I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is is your discount code uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter at spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it it doesn't just play out a hundred percent to to history. Things can change and you can have guys, you know, you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you. So I, I love seeing that stuff. Definitely hit me up there. Um, and, and, and thanks for supporting the show by, by going to otpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 445 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 13th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Eno Sayers. Eno, how's it going?
1: It's going good. It's going good. The struggle is real. Some days
0: are easier than others, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But you know what? We got baseball on all the time and I can't. It's hard to ever get upset when there's baseball on, right? That's true. Even when your team's getting their face caved in by Phil Hughes. Sweet. No no problem. No problem.
1: Even when uh, your bullpen looks like crap again.
0: Every single year and you live a groundhog day of, of baseball. Sweet. <laughs> so weird. Um, but Animal Sanchez made a sweet uh, mechanical change at least. And it made him unhittable in spring for a few innings. So And then completely hittable. To regular and then just as game. hittable as possible. Max Kepler just freaking ass-bombed him. Um, yeah anyway we're not here to just talk about the tigers we're here to talk about all sorts of baseball we are going to start question of the day for you leading off here it's about a situation that uh you know you were in on early and and i give you credit on sam dyson because last year those who jumped in on him when when you said so they got the big payoff this year so far hasn't been quite as good uh he looked great in the world world baseball classic but then so far been a nightmare in in the regular season however everything behind him is a little bit sketchy too you got jeremy jeffers losing the game that 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 he blew last time out that that dyson blew um, you got matt bush getting his shoulder checked out and so it's kind of wide open so i guess the real question is before we get into some of the other alternatives like tony barnett and jose Leclerc, is sam dyson going to lose this job you know <sighs>
1: It, it is hard because Matt Bush, it, you know, going into this, to be fair, I, I said you know he's not he doesn't have all of the tenets of a you know lockdown closer like a Kenley Jansen or a,
0: you know Dyson uh, you're talking about
1: Sam Dyson yeah I said yeah. We, we we talked about how he didn't really have the strikeouts of a regular closer mm-hmm. and how there was some risk there because of it, um, but you know normally at least he gets a ton of ground balls. Um, there's some velocity concern there, but he's still at 94 ish. He's still a, uh, above average guy when it comes to velocity, but if he's not getting 60 plus percent ground balls, then he's going to be in trouble. And I can't tell in the data necessarily that, you know, his pitches aren't working the same way. One of the reasons I can't necessarily is because uh, movement data is a little screwed up right now.
0: So I had this on mute admittedly and I probably should have just turned it on but I was I was a little bit busy while still keeping an eye on it. Um, but it looks like Al Leiter this morning on MLB Central did a breakdown of Sam Dyson and they they do this it's a pretty simple one especially with a guy like this. They put a bar kind of in the middle of of the uh, of the strike zone there and they show um when the pitches are above what's happening to them for guys that need to work below you know lower in the zone and he's just shown a lot of pitches that he just wasn't getting down a few that were just like Top of the zone even which is not at all where sam dyson needs to be but a lot we're sitting middle just above the bar or even in the bar and and the point again from what i can gather on mute was that he needs to be below the little bar that they put the little graphic bar that they put there again which was about the middle of the strike zone and so looking like everything's just kind of hanging on uh, on on sam dyson right now and it's 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 yielding homers doubles in the gap um and so when you see when you see a guy who, who is usually a, a prime sinker baller not getting the ball down, do you think injury?
1: Yeah, or I mean, if we're lucky, it's just you know a little bit of extra fatigue since he probably went harder than he thought he would um, earlier than he thought WBC he
0: would. WBC casualties so far, by the way, and you know. The WBC was awesome, but I don't know if the teams are liking it. You got Seth Lugo going to be probably out for the season here. You got Dyson struggling. I think there's a couple others, but I can't remember. So I got two examples. That's not great. But uh, (laughs) these are higher profile examples. And you can see how it could go sideways. You know, the guys are are amping it up, particularly on the pitching side. Uh, We saw Nolan Arenado have a few bad at bats. That, again, was typical. a a typical slump that he has has pulled out of but the pitchers it's easy to see how that goes sideways you ramp it up earlier you're going full bore in these in these late innings and uh and and maybe you pushed yourself a little bit too much so that would be a little bit of a concern the the ground ball rate that you mentioned you know i guess basically lighter was just highlighting how, why the ground ball rate isn't where it needs to be because it's, the, it, it was just a video representation of why he's at 41% ground ball rate instead of the 66% right, right. career that he has. And it's because his pitches are just hanging in the middle or up in the zone. Percentage. Yeah, I mean,
1: you can see that from the home runs he's given up, from the the walks he's given up. I mean, this could be the end. But you know, to focus on what's behind him, it, it, it's all screwed up there too. Because Matt Bush is not even pitching right now because he's got an AC problem. He got yep. some sort of injection. He would have been my pick, and I and I thought he was a decent pick, and I think he still is in terms of you know the strikeouts are there, the velocity is there. If he's, he's healthy not, for sure. If
0: he's healthy, he's he's the guy. Yes. And he's yeah. the guy you go put a ton of your fab on for sure. Right. But and I think I, I, I might even
1: go that direction now anyway, because, you know, as much as I think Jeremy Jeffers is the second guy in command, Jeffers doesn't have the strikeouts. He does have the ground balls and he is kind
0: of Dyson esque. And I thought but... they'd go to him because he, he, he's done it a little bit. I, I, I was Bush. I was preaching Bush all preseason but then I started to get a vibe just from, from reading and hearing different things that, that they were leaning more Jeffress as, as the next guy in command. And so that's I changed my tune on that. And then, you know, as I tweeted out about, oh, well, Dyson's pretty much done here. They're going to go Jeffress. He then blew that that game. He finished off the uh, the meltdown that they had there, which certainly doesn't speak well for Jeffress. It's not like he's necessarily doing his thing. But. You look at Jefferson's four innings, he's got his 75% ground ball rate. So, you know, he, he's got a little bit more of the uh, uh, bad sequencing, the bat, the cluster luck, if you will, in terms of the way his his uh, results are breaking down for Jeffress because the skills are all still in line with what we've seen, which is mediocre strikeout rate, good walk rate, elite ground ball rate. So but I'm it, less it, concerned it, about him.
1: What's really interesting is that we kind of have this one-game sample of what would they do in a win, right? Mm-hmm. And in that game, they had Jeffers pitching when the game was close. And then the game kind of got blown up, and then it got close again, and then they had to bring in this guy, Jose LeClerc. Now, Jose LeClerc actually has a lot of what we want out of a closer in that he has you know swinging, swinging strike stuff and great velocity. I mean, he's up to 96 this year, and he has a tradition of double-digit strikeout rates. The problem is he also has a tradition of really high walk rates. So, is he going to come up here and just not walk anybody after a history of walking people? Uh, it may it may happen. I mean, we're talking about sixty fifty game fifty game samples. So you know he could just turn out a great fifty game sample when he's when he first gets the chance. That's totally sure. possible. And if you look, you say who's the closer now? Jose Leclerc is the closer now. However. We may get news about Matt Bush's shoulder tonight, you know, exactly. or tomorrow. I think he's out
0: till the weekend in terms of they're not probably not going to pitch till the weekend while they wait on information from the, uh, from the tests on the AC joint for Matt Bush. And in you, which you case, mentioned he got an injection as well.
1: I think Jeremy Jeffress gets the next chance.
0: Okay. So, so let's, let's put it in practical terms. Now you're in your 12 team league or your 15 team league. Um, how are you attacking the, the wire this weekend? And obviously, well, we're going to get more info, so it's tough to to say it right now. But um, some leagues are starting to shift, right? And and they they do Thursday or Friday night moves uh, instead of the uh, the Sunday because Monday doesn't have everybody. Play. By the way, this, this should become an industry standard, I believe. Um, make moves on Thursday night because everyone plays on Friday, or or make moves on Friday night because everyone plays on Saturday instead of the Sunday into that monday you just have so much uncertainty but anyway there are some leagues that do that so if you're if you're having to act now how are you acting on this bullpen let's say first as a dyson owner and then as just someone potentially speculating
1: if i if i'm in a 12 team league i think i move quickly and pick the guy i like best
0: um might be might be bush Okay. Just try and get ahead of just, it, and and maybe get a discount, right? Because there is some uncertainty right now. Yeah. And I'm if they come good. back and they say he's good to go, he's going to be the guy. That that's tripling the bit.
1: Yeah. If you're talking about FAB, you could probably spend six to six percent right now, and and get him. So I don't know. I think I'd do that. Um, it costs less, and this this has it has a, it has a potential. First of all, it has a potential to be fubar. Like this could be. Yes. This could just be nuts all year could be crappy i mean that's one thing about a guy who doesn't have a high strikeout rate with dyson maybe maybe just strings together all the bad stuff at the beginning then they go to jeffress and then he does the same thing because he doesn't have a great strikeout rate then they go to the clerk clerk and he's just blown up and walks and then they come back everybody's blaming the the bullpen uh for for the rangers not doing as well as they thought or whatever or Mm -hmm. it cleans up uh either and i would say either dyson gets the job back or bush gets the job. Those are those are the two uh, scenarios I think are most likely um, okay. with Jeffress sort of in between uh, serving as as kind of glue. I mean, I think he's kind of,
0: he's what they thought the worst case for Bush, uh, for Dyson would be, I think. Exactly. What, exactly. Doing well, so, what, what do you think, um, what kind of league do you need to be in to, to do that spec on LeClerc?
1: I did do it. 15 team or
0: AL? I did it in my
1: 18 team mixed. Okay. Okay. That but it was there's some deep really then. big rosters, so
0: I dropped um, like Tom Wilhelmson for him. Okay. So something you know, like that, something super deep mixed or AL only, you can take yeah. that spec. But you I think like your twelve Blake, teamer, like Parker, Tom Wilhelmson, you know, guys. Yes. Yeah, Fourth or
1: fifth man, you
0: know? yeah, some scrub that that you were holding on for as a piece of another bullpen. And again, we're talking super deep. I don't think you 10 12 even fifteen teamers probably don't need to take a look here. Maybe fifteen team, especially if you got if you went with no saves, if you were just specking left and right. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, there's
1: a he does have he does have the velocity and the swing strike stuff. I mean, it's, it's, there's a possibility there. It's just but uh,
0: uh yeah, T- ten and twelve team, I think you can ignore Leclerc. I think you go with bush if he's available to try to for the long term Jeffers, if you're trying to sneak a few saves in the next <laughs> week here's you know? a little
1: hint to why this may not last for the he's uh he hasn't pitched a lot but he's thrown th- uh, let's see how many pitches he's thrown that'd be useful 74 uh, that's a little bit more than i thought 74 pitches of them were in the zone. Oh, wow. (laughs) The average is 44. So that that would be untenable over the course of a season. He's getting a 53% O swing. That's it they'll more than they'll, half they'll this, stop yeah they'll stop doing that they'll figure something out they'll just they'll just stop swinging probably
0: yeah they'll say hey young buck you got you <laughs> got to bring it in the zone we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll, right. t- we'll test so, your 96 down the middle when you're when you're 3-1 right. and and we'll see what's what so you're right um it, it is a situation where right now it's it's very outlierish ish to, to what we've seen out of him and it's five and a third innings um but you can't really get too hung up on the uh Uh, on the zero percent walk rate as if it's a big fix for LeClerc so that's where we're at on the Texas situation we'll we'll keep it updated stay tuned to the bullpen report that obviously stay front and center on that Uh, let's talk about a few other things here got some hitter stuff and then into some pitchers Tyler Naquin to triple a even quicker than I thought and I might have been the most pessimistic guy on him um they got a roster crunch and with Lonnie Chisenhall coming back after a shoulder injury, they decided that Naquin was the one to go. And they're going to put Chisenhall in center, you know? No. Yeah. No. I, I, listen, I hate this. J- the, this joke is so tired, I'm not going to lie, but this is my first one, so I'm going to do it. Oh, thank God. New York put Michael Conforto in center. Oh, no, That's you're the serious. dumbest I That's the dumbest kidding. thing ever. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Conforto so,
1: lost some weight and
0: looks okay out there. Chisenhall was a third baseman. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the. Look, they put Conforto in center. How ridiculous is that, Cleveland Indians? Hold my beer. Yeah, oh, no,
1: don't so, do the hold my beer. I know, I know, I know. They're
0: tired, they're stupid. I have a good one. Well, that's a good, good one, though. That's, that's a good one. That's my <laughs> only one I've ever done. It's because, it's gotten so tired, but I got one there. They're and, not and, even going to put Brantley out there. That's hilarious. No, no, they're going to put Chisholm Hall in center. So, you know, uh, uh, even Shinsu Chu is looking askance at that right now. After. That,
1: uh, that's interesting for Austin Jackson and deep leagues.
0: Yeah, because they're saying that they believe a little bit more in Jackson than, than Naquin, obviously. Or not a little bit more, a lot more, because they're keeping him up. They could have probably cut Jackson for minimal cost.
1: Yeah. And instead and they're going
0: to send uh, Naquin down and say, hey, you got to work on that approach, man. You sold out for power and it worked initially, but now he's just striking out way too damn much. And then
1: I think what will happen is, since you, I see in their last game, they had Guyer in right and uh guyer is a righty
0: was that v was that via lefty
1: yes let me see who the pitcher was
0: because he's he's automatic Holland, lefties. Yeah.
1: yeah there you go so you had guyer in right i think it, it'll be really interesting to see in the next game i think that they like chisholm hall enough as a bat i mean that's what they're saying if they're going to talk definitely to center, center so i think what will happen most likely is against righties I mean, maybe you'll see some Chisholm Hall in center, but you could just as easily see Chisholm Hall in right.
0: Isn't El Monte a better idea in center? Like, right. Because he's actually played it.
1: Yeah, I saw him really biff a, a it's play not great, day. He's not great, but he's right. played center. I think it's more likely. So, El Monte is a, is a uh, switch hitter, and, um, and Jackson's a righty. Yes. So I think it's more, more likely that you see something that is a little bit more traditional, like um, kind of a, a Geyer-Chisholm uh, corner Did outfield you? and an Almonte jackson center, uh, where the guy who doesn't start, uh, but is... Diff- like, maybe they even start Chisholm. Hall. Like, okay, so Geyer, oh, who's, who's the worst hitter? Uh, um, maybe Jackson.
0: Jackson right now, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Geyer's a better hitter than Jackson.
0: Even um, against righties, I'd say.
1: Maybe even against righties. So maybe in that situation, you start Chisholm Hall in center, you start Geyer in right, uh, because is kind of blah on all levels. Almonte becomes kind of like the fifth outfielder, the guy who like you kind of keep in reserve just in case. And you start Chisholm Hall in center against, against righties, Guyer in right, and then as soon as you get a lead... You either move Chisenhall to right and take Guyer out, or you leave Guyer in, take Chisenhall out of the game, put Jackson in as a defensive replacement. And then Almonte is your guy on the bench in case the game goes long or something.
0: Yeah, I would say, depending on how large that lead is, something like a three-run lead, which is good, not great. You could probably keep Chiz in. If you're up in the, in the six-plus, if you're blowing him out, you just go with the straight defense and don't let it get out of hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you could see something like that. So I think, yeah, he'll get some playing time in center. But I don't think uh, I think this is the best the best news for Jackson. I think Jackson's gonna get more playing time. I think and they he's, must have he's seen only play his defense and, and just figure, you know, he's gonna bat he bat he bat a ninth he batted behind Roberto Perez. So
0: Yeah, uh, Austin Jackson is a strict uh, AL only play at this point. Chisholm, yeah. deep mixer, I think you can still put that bat out there. And and you know what? Oh, this you- does help if you are in like a fifteen team mixer that that requires left right and center yeah, that, all, and like, another one it might help yandy diaz that's true that's because true because and when kipnis comes
1: back jose ramirez could either go into left which the guyer uh the guyer chis that's not exactly great or they start ch- trying you know, jose ramirez in center which I don't know if they've ever tried that. Maybe he's not poss- not able to do that, but I don't know they're why he
0: wouldn't putting out there. You can't You'd rather tell me put me Jose, Jose Ramirez in center can't
1: than do it. Lonnie Chisenhall, right?
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. You Jose can't Ramirez tell me that they the can at least
1: try it. He's, he's, he runs better. He's more athletic. Yeah, I think, I think you could see something where Jose Ramirez is in center, Yandy Diaz stays on the team, and Jose Ramirez is like, suddenly their full-time center fielder it would be the weirdest thing.
0: That'd but. be interesting. Yeah, it's... But it could, it could help the idea.
1: And the idea has not been amazing. And so I'm not saying 12 teamers should go get him. Um, but with the whiff rate that he has, the strikeout rate could come down. Uh, he could end up being, you know, like a 275 hitter without much pop. Um, that's not very exciting. One, but.
0: but once that lineup gets humming, there could be some runs in RBIs yeah, to just exactly. kind of go around from playing every day. But I don't so think any an of this is,
1: is really great news for 12-teamers on A-Bubble.
0: Uh, not a lot of mixed league viability here. That was that was a pretty big AL-only segment there. But uh, <laughs> this is mixed league. This is every league. This oh, is no more Mazzara. Popped his third homer fresh. today. Dude, I love this guy, too. I'm, I'm a million percent with you on this. Yeah. Uh, he's so good. I was... I was I was surprised that more people weren't impressed with what he did last year, although it just seems that if you don't, you know, set the league absolutely ablaze, then everyone's not impressed. The, the, the fantasy baseball community is not that impressed if you don't go Chris Bryant. Me, I see a 21-year-old hang around uh-huh. for, you know, for 568 plate appearances and be just under average um with flashes of brilliance with popping 20 homers in a 266 and again kind of evolve his game um and and have those stretches where you're like damn this guy gets it i was super impressed and so i was i wanted shares of of nomar mazara and i got them and i'm very excited and again you're not going to go crazy over three homers in the first 10 days i understand that because um, you know it could just be a power cluster but we could see that the reason you invest in a guy like this is not because you expect the major jump, the, the 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 superstar level jump, but because it's there. And if it doesn't come, it's probably a small jump, right? He might go from 93 WRC plus to like 105. And you're not hurt by that where you drafted Nomer Mazzara, but he could go to 125. Or 135, right? Like there's, there's that explosion potential. Where are you on Nomar Mazara right now after a, a, a fast start? Yeah, I think
1: it's not, it's not like a, a comp in terms of what he necessarily looks like. But the, the, the name that comes to mind for me is Juan Gonzalez. And, you know, that's for me is like peak. But we're yeah. talking about a 21-year-old. So he has like a four, but, but yeah, same. 2.2. Yeah. He has four more years before he's at his peak. So exactly. sometime in the next four years, I could see him hitting like 320 with 30 homers and 100 RBI. Yep. You know, it, I, it's I, that I, kind of,
0: it's that kind of profile. And again, you bet on it because it could come quicker than the two or three, four years that right. that we're talking about.
1: But you pay for you know 280, 25, which is that's what I paid for this year. As I thought, yep. he could hit 25 homers, 280. That's just a little jump up from 266, 20 homers last year. He impressed me enough. Also, he's a guy who has a two-strike approach. There are not a lot of guys who have that. You know, he told me that Especially at that age. Yeah, exactly, at that age, too. I mean, he could have come up and said, I'm in Texas, I'm finally in the big leagues, I'm going to try it. I mean, like, look look to their second baseman for another oh, way to approach uh,
0: entering the league in a young way. He's so, making me look foolish, though. O- Odor just crushing bombs and like, what's OBP? I don't care. Yeah, I don't right, on exactly. base if I'm just going to touch home.
1: is a little bit more like he'll, he, he sprays the ball um, with with two strikes. He tries to put it in play. That's going to be really good for his batting average eventually. That's why I'm way more willing to, you know, predict a good batting average for him than Odor. So you know, it's not necessarily the OBP itself. It's more like how the OBP was constructed, how the how the player was constructed. So, yeah, I, I, I like all parts of this. I also the the number one thing to take away from this, not so much the power, is that he shaved away that ground ball per fly ball rate. That mm-hmm. becomes more meaningful quicker. So we're talking about, um, you know, fewer ground balls, you know, more fly balls turning into uh, into good stuff. So and, I,
0: and I've been watching a handful of the games Um uh, you know on on fox sports southwest and impressed with his approach against lefties now he's only two for seven or six or something like that but does not look lost up there and I, I i've been impressed with that early on from noah Mazzara as well that i think it's going to be a situation you talk about the batting average upside when when a lefty can hit lefties and starts to show a plan against them that's how you get that that big, gaudy batting average from the left side because you're not susceptible to those uh, left-handed starters or or power yeah. relievers. You can it's part do of why things against them.
1: It's part of why we've liked Michael Conforto. We've talked about yes. how Michael Conforto has an all-fields approach. He has power to all fields. We, It's not like Miguel Sano, but it, it's good also that it's not like Miguel Sano, right? It's, yeah. it's more uh to like i kind of like that two eighty twenty five. it's it's a it's kind of a lost art where you can hit for batting average and show power i completely <clears throat> agree and oftentimes be a better hitter more well-rounded hitter you know but uh but in fantasy that doesn't seem as as sexy to some people but if that turns into 330 then all of a sudden it's super sexy so and i think there's much more likely that like You know a Conforto or Mazzara turns into a 300 hitter with with 30 homers then Sano
0: all of a sudden turns into like a 280 hitter with his with his 40 homers you know I I fully agree I'll I'll take the 250 40 from Sano but I do like those those more well-rounded batters that you're talking about and Conforto and Mazzara certainly fit the bill I want to shift over to uh, Eduardo Nunez he's got five stolen bases already he leads baseball And I'm just curious if if the community kind of slept on him a little bit. He wasn't getting any burn, any real talk out there in San Francisco. Um, You know, he fell back a little bit with San Francisco after a blazing hot start in in Minnesota. That's not terribly surprising. But, you know, shortstop eligible, shortstop third base. So fills two nice positions. You know, we, we acknowledge the added depth at both positions. But it's not like you still don't want quality guys there. And sure might not pop 16 homers again especially in that ballpark might only be like eight or nine but if it's with 40 plus stolen bases again on a, on a quality team uh where the runs and rbis could be there especially the runs isn't that worthwhile like i, I don't know i think i think I, I feel a little bit of remorse on eduardo nunez particularly in an nl only auction where i where i kind of made a commitment where i was like i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna I'm going to roster him in this league. I'm, I'm interested. And then I, I punked out and I didn't go forward and he's just, he's off to a great start. So it's having me have the buyer's remorse even more right now. But what do you think of Eduardo Nunez? Uh, he's running wild again.
1: Yeah. It sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, he was a part-time player and that's always the hardest to, to use to, to really evaluate a player because first of all, they're put often into good situations. So mm-hmm. if they're a platoon, if they're sort of have platoon problems, they're often put into the platoon situation that helps them, right? So that's a good thing. The bad thing is they don't get to play every day. So they don't get to set up that rhythm. They don't get to see that all the pitchers. They don't get to develop a sense of what pitchers are trying to do them. So there's definitely – we know that's discussed as the pinch hitter penalty that makes you 10% worse when you're coming off the bench. So there's all these sort of forces pushing you in different directions makes it hard to evaluate them. The Giants, for what it's worth, I think even as much as the Twins – um, give them credit for seeing a guy who can make contact, has a lot of speed and has worked with Luis Mercedes, the guy who works with Robinson Cano, um, uh, Miguel, uh, Miguel Cabrera, maybe you've heard of him, um, ah, vaguely, vaguely. and, uh, Marcelo Zuna there, you know, there's this group of people, of hitters that, that hits with Luis Mercedes in the Dominican Republic. I think it is. And, and, and Eduardo Nunez, oh, Edwing too. So he, he said that he worked with him and made a couple adjustments unlock that power. He's never going to be a big power guy, especially in San Francisco. But I do think he'll probably knock, you know, 7 to 10 homers this year. And as far as the speed, he looks like he is going for it. I don't know if, like, like this is a contract year thing or something. He's close to his contract, you know, his free agency. When he was and 40 for 50 last year, too, 80%. That's a great number. And just watching, I see a lot of them because, you know, the, the family puts the Giants on uh, mm-hmm. and I go to Giants games. I think in yesterday's game or the game I went to on Tuesday, between, no, the game, I forget which game it was. I've, I know in the last three days I've seen three infield hits from him. I think in one game he had three infield hits.
0: I believe it. You know, it. and there he's... were little
1: squibbers and, and dinks and dunks, and he's going to make the most out of those. And then the other day in the ninth inning, they're down by a run or two runs. They're down by two runs they need to, to score. And he's on first base with an out. They all know he's trying to steal the base. <laughs> Everybody like in the Dave park Robert knows Stone he wants base. to steal that base. And he steals it anyway. So <clears throat> I think um, it's not necessarily Bill ha- Billy Hamilton's speed. But if you look up and down his history, you have to go all the way back to 2008 and high A ball to, to see a year where he didn't have a good success rate. And, uh, and then you have the volume last year. <clears throat> I think he's going to steal 30 again. I think he's going to yeah. do something that... Even if he slumps for a while, is at least gonna look like 280, uh, 1030, and
0: and they can move him around too. You know, you can play that's third 40 short.
1: Plus steals, that's that's a good number.
0: He's not gonna play a lot of short with with Brandon Crawford, of course, but uh, he can give I, him an off day. He can play thirty. Can play. Oh, no, he's
1: gonna play a decent amount of short because uh, they put him in short the other day because he's he's a right-hander, uh, and they often sit Crawford against lefties, so. He's gonna get enough short. If he doesn't have it yet, he'll have he'll have short. For, he has short. He's got it. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: fifty-one and then thirty-three. He might get
1: outfield eligibility is what I'm going for. That's what I was thinking. They've got that's Jay hong in, in the in the minor leagues, the Korean player who's a right-hander, so he could come up and uh, and play at third base some. And they they're playing Chris Marrero and <laughs> uh, there's it's it's it gets worse. Oh, now. Aaron Hill. Uh, Aaron Hill. They were playing Chris Marrero, Aaron Hill, and Gorkys Hernandez. Sweet. And there's got to be a way to do better than that. I think Juan can probably be one of the, one of those guys at the bat, which means you have to see if Nunez can play to, can play the outfield. Not everybody can. Not even every shortstop can play the outfield. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a GM, but there's there's definitely some rumblings where, you know, the days where Jarrett Parker is not in the lineup you're kind of like what are, what is this team like What's I came on? to the ballpark the other day and it was like Gorkys Fernandez Chris Morero and Aaron Hill. and Aaron Hill were all in the lineup against I the lefty like, I assume this is, yeah it was against the lefty but I was like still this is a bad team this is yes. a bad lineup it's not I mean, good that's was a, that's hurt a
0: third of your lineup
1: it was a he was hurt so you know Pence was it was like Pence and belt and that was it
0: yeah you got Hunley in there too then yeah that's 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 tough but um the new the playing time's gonna be there for Nunez so If you are somebody who didn't draft a lot of speed and you're going to go out and try to trade for some maybe look at nunez instead of paying the freight on billy hamilton and you know jonathan vr i think is off to uh, a little bit of a slow start i believe you got a question about him in your in your chat today kind of asking about uh some approach issues that he's having with the big strikeout rate so far and not really walking it's nine games but um that that some of the issues that that vr's having are are part of what stabilizes early right with the with the o swing and uh, yeah
1: the and it also you know i think stabilization is interesting in that you can use it to line up against the past so we've known that vr used to have a lot of contact issues in the past part of his breakout last year was making more contact and having more patience um so if you add those things together I think you can safely say that he's going to have one of the worst strikeout rates of his career this
0: year. Could be could be a little bit treacherous right now. I, again, super early on VR. I was among the, the, the high end saying, yes, take him in the second round. Um, but bad start so far. That's all right.
1: Uh, Stay you know, patient, Paul. He's, he's hit Stay the patient. three homers, and, you know, I think the Brewers are going to have as much leash as anybody. So yeah, as they should. He is still 26 as well. Even if he hits 240 for the year this year, um, you know, should be double digit homers, should look a lot like Nunez. So, if, you, like, really, if someone's read my chat and is really nervous about VR, maybe you go buy VR for, for cheaper than Nunez, you know? I mean, yeah, if one if, guy if you started, are... they're both going to end up, you know, similar places, you know, minus 30 points of batting average for VR.
0: It's just you paid the freight on VR. So, but if you're trading for him, you didn't pay. That right. big price and now exactly. you can maybe get a little bit of a discount all right let's get the wheelhouse let's get some pitchers going um i want to talk about that jordan montgomery debut yesterday dude had four pitches that he was using regularly all of them 15 plus percent 15 on the change 25 on the curve 21 on the cutter 39 percent on the fastball sat about 92 and a half um it was it was a solid debut only lasted four and two thirds but i think i think the glimpses that i saw even even with some of the, I think he gave up a big homer, you know. Um, but but some of the glimpses that I saw of the raw stuff was really impressive to me. What did you think of Jordan Montgomery in his debut? He's got the fifth starter job. Is this somebody that you're buying in on in deeper leagues? Um, well,
1: you know, this is weird. What happened? I, I thought I would. I thought that these spin
0: rates would be up. Um, For his start already? And they're oh, not? Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Well, uh, I'm sort of interested
1: because uh, okay. it seemed like he. Um, Let's see. Jordan. Sorry. No. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, it seemed like he had a high spin fastball. Uh, to me, the deception, it could have come from his over the top release point, but it could have also come from uh, from some spin. So what I thought was that no matter the the fact that he, you know, had a nice uh, velocity that, you know, sort of 91, 92 sitting, um, that was that was good. A lot of I think a lot of ride from what I could see. So that's why I was assuming that it had a good amount of spin. Uh, The change was kind of more of a a straight change. It didn't it didn't show, you know, what I'm saying like it didn't Mm -hmm. it didn't pop. Uh, but that was okay for me because I thought I saw swings and misses on the curve and the slider.
0: That was the, the, the breaking balls. Um, and you know, sometimes you, we, you've talked about this before where they have both and that you gotta be careful not to kind of blend them, Yeah. but he's got two distinct breaking balls. You know, got 79 mile per hour curve, mid eighties cutter slider. You know, we classified it as a cutter, thought it had some sliding action. Um, you know more more than a more than a cutter there. So I, I didn't watch the full game at all. I watched about two innings of Jordan Montgomery. I thought the stuff was impressive though. What what kind of league he, format are you picking him up?
1: I thought he was. I thought he placed it well too. And then he then he placed one poorly against
0: Ricky Weeks. But... Ricky Weeks, the lefty killer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brett Gardner killer by the way.
1: Yeah right. That was weird. That was. I I would put him at least at the in the 80s and maybe maybe higher. Uh, I think a a interesting would you rather would be Charlie Morton.
0: That is interesting. I I agree. I think Um, you would probably go Charlie Morton. I'm sticking with Morton personally because I do believe kind of in the skills. It's a matter of health with him, whereas I think with Montgomery it's going to be a little bit of 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 showing it and and standing up as a uh, as a Full full timer, but I would in the say majors. But I'm intrigued.
1: It's we should be careful not to necessarily overstate the upside of Morton. I had somebody in a, in a, in a that's fair in a, in a in my chat today sort of talk about him being the guy with upside, and you know he's he's pitched a lot, and you know he had one year where he had an ERA better than three point seven. So you know maybe he he's a little bit different now where you know he's thrown more cutters than he's ever thrown but he used to throw a slider so you know is this very different but he's throwing more cutters than he's ever thrown and and he didn't he's not sticking with the the split finger it looks like uh whether that has to do with injury or or not he's not throwing it as much as i would like to say okay he solved his problems against lefties because the problem with morton is lefties
0: yes and i and i totally agree let let's not overrate his potential here even as somebody who's who's in on on morton this not going to be a season changer i don't think you know not somebody who you're going to be like you know i didn't think i was going to have a good year this year and then i had charlie morton and that's why i won my league Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and i think i think
1: it's a good name though because it puts them i think both are like they're not in 12 teams no i don't think i even want charlie Morton in a 12 team i'm not in a 15
0: team Extremely, maybe in 12 team
1: yeah but in, in a fifteen team maybe um so that means a twelve team where you want five to six players so that's probably top seventy five um so i I'd say you know Montgomery and Morton are in that in those eighties
0: okay
1: I think you that know. works I think that works let's talk about some other guys I, that... I could I could take Montgomery man this could be lightning in a bottle i i'm not I'm not sure of it hundred percent but you know there was a lot that I liked there and it's a legit four pitch mix Versus Morton, who's you know much more of a two pitch guy.
0: I think if we polled people, we would get pretty split decision on on Montgomery yeah. versus Morton. And there's going to be I'm, people who want to just bet on the upside, uh, and there's going to be others that that you know are gonna are gonna think that it's a little bit more stable with Morton. I don't think it's really stable though. Again, as much as I like him, it's a major gamble. The dude doesn't stay healthy at all. Yeah, that too. And I know yeah. that the popped groin is not necessarily his fault or like an arm injury that's chronic or anything but like the dude has not been able to stay healthy he's 33 years old montgomery, montgomery is the, the way to go
1: montgomery yeah. might have the innings he had 140 last year i think it's so very close I he do can get th- to 160 I, I, and if he's the fifth starter he can get he can get um he can get skipped a few times and and uh take a long you know take a long all-star break and and end the year with like 160 and the- most fifth starters you end up with about 140 160 yeah so. get
0: get if he gets you to the end point that could be nice now the the next handful of names here are all going to kind of be in this range so it's going to be an interesting battle of, of of ranking these guys all together here amir garrett has 12 scoreless through two starts the uh, impressive lefty prospect for the cincinnati reds how are you feeling about him after a couple starts
1: this is not what i expected
0: because where's the velocity yeah, exactly. What I thought he had velocity. I thought he had major velocity, like <laughs> ninety-five. And hey, it might be wild, but we're gonna get like hella K's. And no, he
1: was like a finesse lefty. All of a sudden, yes, yes. <laughs> what I mm-hmm. was like, what is happening here? The ch- the changeup looks good. I believe in that changeup. I just don't. He got no. He got like one whiff on his fastball. So and that was
0: supposed to be the ticket, the meal
1: uh, ticket. It's so. So weird to me. I don't know. I don't know if he dialed it back for command reasons. This whole Reds
0: thing is so fraudulent, by the way. I mean, come on, y'all, chill. Like, (laughs) no, just no. I'm saying no. Too early. It's too early. This happens every year with a team that. Every projection system and every person, mm-hmm. every fan knows is going to be bad. They get off to a good start. and People start saying, "Hey, what
1: about it? You know, I mean, uh, <laughs>
0: shut Padres. up, no." Look at the no, Padres. They got exactly. three young hitters. Oh, oh, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Jerry Weaver, <laughs> you saw him on course Field. I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, Joey Votto only hit the 637 OPS, and they're doing this without Votto. Wait till he kicks in. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All of a sudden, you're talking 95 wins possibly. Yeah, wait till Shut the up. four walks four walks per game start kicking in for Garrett. I- I- exactly. And, and, you know, I like what they're doing in the bullpen. You know, they've got a couple potential like super relievers with michael lorenzen and uh and and maybe one of cody reed and or robert stevenson so they might not need a lot out of their starters and we talked about brandon finnegan like i could see some nice things to where they're going to have some some runs here that are going to be all right different different uh 10 to 15 game sets where they're not going to be embarrassing this is one such set Every team wins like 65 games in a given season on, you know, on average. So even the bad teams. So this is just one of their good runs. I just, I'm not seeing anything. But uh, Garrett was interesting because of the 12 scoreless, and he is an actual prospect. Um, I doubt you're putting him over Montgomery or, or Morton. So is it strictly NL only? Or is there a depth of, if your 18-teamer that you talked about, was that a league that you would be like, let me get Amir Garrett? <clears throat>
1: He's definitely behind Morton and Montgomery for me, and I just wanted to point this one out because we talk about first strike rate some, and I we ran the numbers. I mean Brian Cartwright, and uh, first strike rate becomes stable around 250 first pitches. Okay. So Garrett That's a long has faced. Way out. Yeah, Garrett has has faced forty six batters. I think one of the reasons that it takes so long is I think there's probably a decent amount of game to game game theory, game to game, playing with it, where, especially if you watch Keiko last year, there was a lot of swings in his game to game first pitch rate because he was, he, people were like not swinging. So when they were not swinging, he started coming in zone, they started swinging, you know, there's a lot of back and forth there. Um, he probably, but at, at the base level, pitchers do want to establish strike one and so it was it is a good sign to see him have a nice first strike percentage but it's hard for us to say oh here's this guy with a history of command issues that's how i use stabilization right is mm-hmm. if, it, if it lines up if it doesn't line up with the past i want it to be beyond stabilization i want it to be you know what i mean but if it yeah. lines up with the past somehow then i can say all right you know So in without this case, a drastic
0: change the you know the stabilization point again it only means that what you saw has some viability to it anyway. It also doesn't mean that going forward, yeah, that's who he is either. So that's another kind of thing that you have to remember. Once we do start to hit some of these stabilization points, it just means that what we just saw looks pretty good, has some viability, and you can maybe start to see it going forward if they continue to do X, Y, and Z.
1: Right. And it's, I mean, the, the literal math definition of it is that what they've done in the past is more meaningful for their future than the league average. Okay. So basically it means
0: it's meaningful.
1: So Whereas, it's
0: like over like a 50% viability.
1: Exactly, yeah. That describes more than 50% of what's coming in the future. So okay. in this case, we'd look at his first strike rate and just, it would describe almost nothing of his future, and either league average or uh, his baseline created by the minor league stats would describe
0: a lot more. So That's Amir Garrett, 12 yeah, more, more
1: More walks coming. The The fastball velocity is, is is not great. He's pitched 12 innings, fastball velocity becomes meaningful super fast. I'm not sure why we didn't hear about more about this fastball velocity. I want to kind of you know delve into that history at the same time. It almost doesn't matter. He's throwing 91, 92 now. This is who he is. It's more of a bad fastball lefty. Than it is, you know, America's top next top model. You know what
0: I, mean? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm rooting for Amir Garrett. an interesting story with the with the basketball. Well, and, I'm not and saying and he's shitting I mean, over. He's,
1: yeah, he's decent looking. It's all
0: right. Oh no, no, uh, <laughs> he can be America's next top model. He, he, good looking dude. But America's next top lefty? No, right. yeah, no, right. not happening. Uh, America's next top sl- soft tossing righty might be Andrew Triggs, but I doubt it. Eleven yeah. and two thirds scoreless. <laughs> Um, but what is it like four walks, four strikeouts? Yeah. those traditional metrics. good. Huh? A... 8% swinging strike rate. It was only, it was 10% last year, which was nice. Um, velocity down again in comparison to, so he's from 90, 90 and a half to 89. And that's before the adjustment. That's without, that's without the new, the new reading adjustment. So he might be more of 88 right. in comparison to last year. And so on
1: top of that, he's, um, uh, He's thrown two changeups, according to Brooks.
0: And he's 28 years old. So where are you on Andrew Triggs? I know there was some buzz. Um, anytime you got a guy in Oakland, though, it's, it's it's worth taking a taking a look at, though. And I, you never said he was going to be a superstar anyway. I remember you you know you were only saying. No, I think he's a deep league deep league. guy. Yeah, he,
1: he's a, he's got that he's got that weird release point, point. Um, and I think he can be useful. The problem is, a innings he got turned into a starter last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this age, that you're talking of he. He, I talked to him recently. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't even think I'd be in the major leagues." <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's, he's like, like "This like, is sure, all I'll gravy." Be I'll be this whatever you want. I think his future is probably in the Ziegler territory. Interesting. Where he's uh, murder on righties, kind of a roogie, and uh, and he's is it maybe get some saves in a short stint with somebody, but he's much more likely to um to be like a seventh eighth inning guy that comes in against a bunch gets a bunch of righties out or gets you a, a double play ground ball
0: so you can't uh because when you said ziegler uh or rugi i was thinking um oh justin masterson Remember yeah how... no
1: that's that's what i've when somebody yeah i think literally in the chat today i said justin masterson that you're gonna see lefties ball him up at some point
0: especially at this velocity i mean that masterson had velocity that's the thing. Yeah, he could he can go ninety four, ninety five with movement, and he still got murdered by lefties.
1: Triggs has a, a more separate cutter and slider situation. They're they're different pitches. He 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 says sometimes he loses them, but if you look at it, they're three inches difference in in verticality and, and eight, six six to seven inches difference, yeah, horizontally. So they're different pitch and, and eight s- miles an hour. So yeah, it, several he, miles apart. He has two pitches. It's just they're not a lot of examples. Of sinker cutter slider guys, we wanted Shane Green to do that, and don't even get me started. He lost it. Jake Peavy used like Jake Peavy like a uh, mid range, mid aged, middle aged Jake Peavy, not super old or super young. Middle aged Jake Peavy didn't throw his change up as much, and he would throw uh, sliders and cutters. Mm-hmm. So you know, first year uh, of of Giants, um, actually some of that, that some of that White Sox time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't work out in the AL, but yeah. I think of that first year at the Giants. That's what I could think of as like a best case scenario for Triggs. Like, okay. Okay.
0: So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it's a
1: different arm slot. It's not the same pitcher, but you know something that's like usable and you get some innings out of him. But I would not trust him in twelve or fifteen. And and if I was looking for uh, lightning in a ball, I'd rather have Garrett. I think.
0: And of course, obviously Montgomery and Morton as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So I, I, I put trigs in the '90s, I think.
0: Teammate Kendall Graveman, though, we've been talking about him a bit on the show. Talked about him with Jason um, as a potential hot pickup um, early, in, or, or at some point in spring. You and I mentioned that, that he was changing his approach. He was going to go the, the the super sinker route and just lean on it. Um, you know,
1: it's nuts, man. If it's count-
0: it was it's even. Higher than what we were saying. We were saying <laughs> yeah. eighty, eighty-five, it's ninety percent and the but the velocity's up even I mean, with the you, adjustment. If you add in if you count the cutter as
1: a cut fastball and it's it is like about three three miles an hour slower,
0: then it's ninety-nine percent. Uh, so it, it
1: it's pretty it looks like a cut fastball to me. It doesn't really look like a um like a slider, right? Mm-hmm. So if you count that cutter as a cut fastball, he's thrown two non-fastballs. Yep.
0: One slider at eighty-three miles per hour and one changeup at eighty-seven. <laughs> That's it. And the changeup was probably like a, a misclassified. It was probably fastball. just a slow. He probably slow just sinker. messed up a fastball. Yeah, <laughs> or the, yeah, a sinker for him.
1: The uh, he says that the curve slider, the breaking ball, is better than it's been, and I could see it being good. It has interesting movement with respect to his other pitches. However, one of them, I don't know, man. If you, he's like, oh yeah, I'll break it out later. It's a long year and all this stuff. I don't know. I I see like a Bartolo Cologne, you know. That that's exactly what it's it is. more velocity, and but
0: it's just Bartolo manipulating has, fastballs, yeah. right? It's like three, like it, it's a, it's a sinker, but like he can he can dip it, dive it, you know. He can do different things with so it. Throw,
1: oh, and yes, there are two sinkers. I haven't asked him about this yet, but there's if you look at sort of spin and velocity, he kind of throws two sinkers. So I would say there's like sinker A, sinker B. It's probably like pronate a little bit more and get more mm-hmm. dive. So maybe like the two strike sinker. Um, so you have you have the two sinkers, a four seam and a cutter, and then some someday the breaking ball will come in. So Do I think it's very much like Bartolo
0: Cologne. Do you believe but, in the case for for Graveman at all with with the with the improved Vel- velocity, like uh, he's got an 11% swinging strike rate and 25% strikeout rate so far. Do you believe in any of that? Can can he, can he be? Know, man. Can he be seven know. and a half? Even like that would be pretty high for 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 what he did the previous two years when he was I
1: think at five. They were called strikes then. Um, I mean, that is if you look at Bartolo Colon, he's managed six K nine for the last three years with a five percent whiff rate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, there are a lot of called strikes and for what it's worth, if you watch Graven work, it is a lot like Cologne now because he's throwing the sinker in on the hands against lefties, bringing it over. And that's a called strike situation. That's the front door, the front door sinker. So maybe he just watched a bunch of, of Bartolo Cologne, but for what it's worth, Bartolo Cologne over the last four years is basically a four year or a guy in the, in the national league.
0: Yes. Now here's the true question though. Does this this early start by Kendall Graveman mean that Oakland has won the Josh Donaldson trade? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, oh, would, Oakland fans. That's, that would you rude. rather
1: him against the other guys? I think okay. I might rather Morton. I don't know.
0: I would rather Morton. Um, you think so? We'd be we might be in the minority on that one. I think I would rather Morton, and so then Montgomery. Like he's much closer than say Garrett and Triggs. I'm coming around a little bit because because there there is something new that that he's doing. I was never really much of a Graveman guy. Um, yeah. you, you were definitely somebody who who put the seed out there that Graveman is at least somebody that. To- keep an eye on and so i would do that but it never really drafted him or anything like that My again i'm always intrigued
1: useful deeply pitchers
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and you know i'm always intrigued by somebody in oakland i am you know you know dfs you can spot them uh, uh other leagues where you can stream starters you can spot them for a 2 start in oakland so that that keeps some intrigue but um i i don't know i think i think i i buy what morton's been doing more than what Graveman is, and I'll, I'll take my gamble on Morton's terrible health over Graveman coming back to Earth with that strikeout rate.
1: There's no nobody, nobody else has an 11% swinging strike rate on only fastballs. And I think everyone's going to queue up to the velocity at least, and if everything's 90 to 94, then then you don't have to worry about you not they're not rocking you back and forth. All they're doing exactly. is rocking you in and out. All you can do is you know outside inside outside inside. He can't get you going back and forth. So I think eventually
0: people will will figure out how to how to deal with him a little bit and despite you know solid above average ground ball rate homers have, have consistently been an issue because when he misses he, miss, he can miss bad and and, and they'll yeah. line him up and like you said they'll square him up and they'll go yards. so i think it's a four era pitcher and yeah. uh and and you know maybe a little bit better with some with some good luck uh you're talking upper threes maybe mid threes on, on the best case but uh if you're if you're thinking kendall graveman is a a uh, massively changed guy who's, who's really gonna stick in your team all year. I think you're mistaken. These next two guys, though, they're gonna be around for the long haul. You can book 220 innings out of Brandon McCarthy and Brett Anderson. Okay, take that. You can quote me on that. No, you can't actually. You can't at all because it's not true. However, you know, they're both teasing again because they're good when like they're talented pitchers. Do you just ride out? what you can out of McCarthy and Brett Anderson? Um, or do you even not bother because you're worried that, okay, the start before they get hurt. They pitch hurt and they give up 10 earned and, and, and piss away all the goodness. Like how, how do you approach these two now? Cause they're both doing the, the same thing that they always do. Showing the flashes of their talent. Uh, it's been two starts for, for both. I believe uh, uh, Anderson started today it was against the Dodgers. I could t- tie my right hand behind my back and I could probably get four or five strikeouts against the Dodgers they cannot hit left handed uh, pitchers to save their lives. so five scoreless for Brett Anderson how do you feel about these two Brandon McCarthy Brett Anderson
1: yeah um, he pitched well again today but uh, four walks you know I didn't give up mm-hmm. a run but four walks against Brett Anderson did
0: against the didn't, didn't want to give in I guess
1: Brewers didn't want to give in he Cubs against Cubs oh, against the Cubs no, he is on the Cubs.
0: Oh yeah, against the Dodgers. You said Brewers. I was wrong oh, too. Yeah, yeah. We were both wrong, but I was wrong in That's... correcting you. <laughs> you were wronger. I was no, wrong um, yeah. He's uh
1: he's throwing the changeup more. It's it's weird. Uh it's it would be the most he's ever thrown it. Mm-hmm. I just it's Brett Anderson. He has been looking for a changeup his whole life.
0: And health. Uh, the two things that he cannot find.
1: No, you cannot find those things. Uh, let me see if I see anything in this changeup that's different.
0: And um, I don't know if you can get today's data yet uh, to no. know how many he might have thrown because 11% through the first five and two-thirds, so not oh, much to go off of, and so we got five more innings today.
1: I hate these movement numbers being so screwed up. All right, well.
0: The data the data changes have got, you know,
1: flustered. Up.
0: Okay, vertical movement,
1: though. I can, can define it off of the fastball. And it's about three inches. And before it was two to three inches. I don't know. It's possible he has a little bit more drop on the changeup. I don't think he's a different guy. I think, you know, I think that they slot in pretty well with all the pitchers we've talked about today. It's pretty weird. Uh,
0: It's almost as if I did that on purpose. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, these are all uh, guys that we're all looking at picking up. I, uh, I would put them behind uh, Morton.
0: You put I both McCarthy and Brett Anderson. Let's talk a little bit about McCarthy. You talked about Anderson. You know, he's got, he's changed a little McCarthy bit more. McCarthy has a nice velo. That's the thing that, that velo spiked a few years ago and he's been able to hold it. But, you know, after the big 200 inning season, 23, 40, uh, we got 12 so far this year. I mean, I just, I don't want to get too excited of course, because you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be gone, but uh, you know, it looks like he's throwing his cutter more this year than he did last year. I can't, it's hard to even go off of 15 and 16. Those are tiny samples. I don't know what to make of anything. I feel like they're just the same guys. And if you need a holdover, especially if you know it's like a short-term holdover, like you know for sure that, you know, you're waiting on uh, Urias Garrett or Garrett Richards or, you know, Carlos Rodon to come back. Like, I guess you don't know because those guys could still be hurt. But if, but if you're just planning something short-term that's when you look at McCarthy and Anderson, even in maybe a shallower league like a like a 12 team mixed or a 15 team mix. If there's nothing else oh, you that you like, you know they
1: are. You know what they are. They're matchup what? plays.
0: Exactly. That's a great call. They're just pure matchup plays, plays until if, you can't play them anymore. Which if is if you need to pick up
1: him. a guy who you know you might want something out of, want the upside play, and you're in like a weekly lineup league, or you 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 know that's Montgomery. If uh, you're somewhere in between, that's Morton. If you are in a daily lineup H to H, I don't think that McCarthy or Anderson need to stay on your roster. Mm-hmm. So I think I even have a claim in, in one of my leagues for Anderson for Montgomery.
0: Yeah, I, I I think, I think that's that's a great way to play it. You know, you're just looking for that one good start here and there, and you don't care how good it is. You are willing to and and almost eager to then just cut them to take your five score list today against the dodgers um i played him in, i played him in dfs brett anderson and you know thanks bud appreciate it you were cheap you did what i thought because they can't they can't hit lefties and i'm not too concerned about it going forward so i think yeah that, i mean uh, that's
1: another way to think about anderson too is um well i mean he is a lefty he, he's got weird uh, – he's been able to make it work. I think what I would look for in Anderson is a nice park because he's a sinker baller. So I think he is probably able to get ground balls from both sides. That's how he survived. Mm-hmm. But if uh, the one fly ball that goes out, if it's like a Texas situation or something, then it's more likely to be a home run. And so and I if, think uh, if you
0: had a runner or two on, all of a sudden you got your five and your three. Your five wind innings, blowing. your three runs.
1: Yeah, wind blowing in, Wiggly, L.A., um, you know, both L.A.s. Uh, if he gets out on Francisco, the West Coast, San Francisco, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I would do okay. all that.
0: So their matchup plays, um, some of the other guys you, you have a chance to hold, like Montgomery, Morton, um, Garrett or Graveman and Triggs in your in your super deep leagues. Um, but these guys, not so much. One last guy out in Colorado, Ant- Antonio Senzatella. He was sharp in Milwaukee. Not an easy environment to make your major league debut. Solid lineup, tough park, and then again uh, at home against uh, at home in Coors, albeit against San Diego, but still in Coors. So two nice starts out of Antonio Senzatella. Jason and I talked about him uh, before before the second start, and and we're saying it was I think it was a two start week, and we were saying deeper leagues, go ahead and take your shot because uh, the Coors start was at home or it was against the Padres. What do you think of him? Anything here from the prospect, Antonio Senzatella, the right-hander for Colorado?
1: I think that uh, most of his value comes from the uh, changeup. And it's weird because it's his smallest sample pitch that he's thrown. So maybe that means that his other pitches aren't that good and that his best pitch is a show-me pitch that people don't expect. I mean, because if you... (laughs) If you break it down to pitch results, which is a little bit premature, but he's, he's thrown 350 four-seamers and has a very average whiff rate on it. Uh, he's thrown 86 sliders, that's decent, and he has below-average whiff rate on it. So the only one that looks exciting is the changeup, which he's only thrown 27 of, which you can't really believe. So um, in terms of movement, you know, I like to go to the Wait. movement because movement, yeah.
0: He's already thrown three hundred and fifty of a pitch in twelve innings. Um, they must be picking up. Oh, it's 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 data stuff. from yeah because it no it's spring training data I bet. Ah uh, yeah, well I mean it, okay it, it, we might as well that's use fine. it. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, no, use that's fine. Yeah yeah no that's fine that's fine I was just I was just confused that actually the the guys who play in Arizona that's almost that's almost helpful that a little bit something else to go on for these younger guys.
1: Yeah I I don't what's weird is I don't see. Um, He has a good ground ball rate right now, but in terms of the pitch stuff, uh, he doesn't have a a single... The changeup is the one with the good ground ball rate, and uh, he's only thrown 27 of them over this time. So it's like, where is he getting these ground balls from? He also doesn't have much horizontal movement. He's an over-the-top guy. Um, There's a little bit more depth up and down. Uh, I don't know if I believe, dude. I just don't see... This How is the Senzatella song goes
0: together. out in Colorado. And the, it's the,
1: good fastball velocity. That's, that's a, a decent place to start.
0: But the fact that you're this nervous before yeah. we even say word one about Coors Field, yeah, I, I, I think i got to be out. It's a no for me. Yeah. Shark Tank style.
1: I, I, I think he's the worst pitcher we've talked about today.
0: You think you would say that Like, if somebody was asking, hey, you think I should get him, would you go, I don't think so, Tim? Would, <laughs> you think you'd say that? Would that be your response?
1: I don't know why I have such a negative visceral response to that show. It was so it's, funny it's, it's, it's when I first hokiest, did it. Is it not the hokiest family? There's just so hokey. Oh, his, it's 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 very his hokey. whole sense of humor is so hokey. Yep. And the only thing I liked about that was the neighbor. You only saw his hat. That's the only yes. only redeeming quality of that whole show.
0: Well, I mean, he did, there were some you know I don't know I, some okay. other things you liked. <laughs> Listen, I thought you it was liked, an amazing. Like the wife, you had a little thing for her. I did not. <laughs> I was not in on Patricia Richardson. Dog, get off me. I was going to say that the 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 tool time. Oh, you like the neighbor? <laughs> I, well, listen, Wilson, oh, man. No, those you know eyes. That? I forgot about his friendship. Eyes.
1: I forgot his friendship with uh, about this friendship with the guy. Um, the the kind of bigger bellied guy. Oh, his show. Okay, Al Bor is okay that's
0: what I'm saying the sh- the show stuff the, the the where the quote comes from I don't think so Al yeah uh, that's Al okay. Borwin. That- that was, that was. I thought right. he was funny as the the, the straight guy, meaning the yeah. The, the, yeah, the straight yeah. comedy his, his guy. His
1: friendship with the, that guy, yeah, that was all right. Okay, and right, uh, right.
0: and of course, you know, Tool Pam time. Anderson and Debbie Dunning as the uh, as the 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 assistants. That was really? never a problem for my teenage self. I'm just saying, I'm I, only a hormonal teenager, so get off me. Home Improvement was my I, favorite show. Somehow Jeez. I missed that Pam Anderson was in that show. <laughs> I also. Again, um, to, to continue to, to justify the fact that I watched a ton of this show as a kid, it was based in, in Michigan. I don't think it was based exactly in Detroit, but they always wore Detroit stuff. But he's from Michigan. Tim Allen is. Um, but yeah, Pam Anderson was in it. And uh, and then a, a lady named Debbie Dunning took over when Pam Anderson got too big to be the, uh, the assistant. And uh, that wraps up your home improvement hour. <laughs> oh God, and it wraps up news. the show.
1: i I had to
0: bring it back dude your first reaction that the time that i said i don't think so tim was so funny you were like (laughs) no that's a firm no i don't accept that i love your reaction no there will be none of that paul you stop that right now (laughs) you'll be out of this podcast so fast your head will spin don't you dare well you know we,
1: we we don't actually we probably make fewer cultural references than any podcast or writer
0: out there. Yeah, and I, I, I think we keep it to a, to a minimum, yeah. but, but they're good ones. My chat is filled with bunch. I'm sure your chat is, too.
1: Yeah, I, the reason... I think chats are one thing, but the reason I don't do it in my writing is that I don't... Like, I'm a German-Jamaican-American <laughs> uh, who's, like, lived in these very specific places, like, you know... Vero Beach, Florida, and Mountain City, Georgia, and you know Milton, Massachusetts. Like, if I'm making references to these places, then like, there'll be like one dude is like, "Oh, oh sweet! Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I know like, that
0: place." Yeah,
1: maybe that's awesome. Uh, and then when it comes to TV, like we weren't allowed a TV. Uh, oh. My my family did not have a TV until fourth grade. So we're talking about um, fourth grade. How old am I? I'm ten years old. Mm-hmm. So that's 1989. So. There's a lot of cultural references before 1989 that I just pieced out on. Like I, I, I saw Thriller gathered around like a neighborhood set in Jamaica, you know, wow. um, where there was like one TV set and we were all watching the Thriller debut. So See,
0: I, I know of a lot of stuff, but I didn't necessarily experience it. Like I know Star Wars references when I hear them, but I uh-huh. didn't watch Star Wars as a kid. I, I, and you I, price I,
1: yourself out of readers really you price yourself out of that's the, the thing too uh, if you this, if you go
0: too like, hard with it people are just gonna uh, turn like, off it. that's you all you're doing about? exactly exactly <laughs> i'll make I'll make a reference every once in a while in my writing but for the most part um, it's strictly yeah. home improvement references and <laughs> if, if, You know what? We should start a column called I Don't Think So, Tim, and it's just guys that we're not going to pick up. Four guys I'm not picking up. I don't think so, Tim. In any format, I'm not picking up these four guys. Book it. It's It's a segment. Okay. From now on, I Don't Think So, Tim segment, and it'll just be a few guys that we're not interested in it all we're not even going to deep dive on antonio senzatella <laughs> you know you mentioned um that people in your chat were a little bit uh say hey what's where's, where's the pod uh because we are expanding the pod i've been telling people that we're going to do that it starts next week first guest <laughs> episode happens on monday glenn colton of colton the oh, wolfman okay Colton's i want to preview that okay so yeah. it's gonna be starting on mondays and tuesdays it's either going to be a guest episode or a spore solo dolo but uh that 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 extra episode will be coming in okay and yeah. uh ideally we will get a guest episode and a solo dolo Ooh. and so then we're gonna have four a week so that's that's where we're tracking toward but i know some of you are like hey what's this what's this two 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 a week garbage so far i we're hearing well, we'll you we're there, hearing we'll you. you but we're getting there first guest <laughs> book several more feelers already out for future guests it's all happening and, and just a little reference for your chat, chatsters. Uh, I think Keiki Bryan's going to be on the show soon. Oh, Keiki. Okay? I'm just saying, dude, I'm just saying, I'm just he saying is
1: an 80 value in all tools. He is a five That's, tool eighties.
0: It's just when, when I just haven't heard about it. When's it all going to come to fruition? Exactly. Like once, <laughs> once it all comes together, you need him in every format. He will not be part of, I don't think so, Tim. Give me but a piece know, of
1: the Keiki shirts. I'm selling them. Uh, here's a, 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 a I got to pimp one thing real quick. Do it. Uh, October is doing a uh, a dinner in San Francisco and we're doing oh. it at Fort Point and we're going to have a six course taster meal from mm-hmm. uh, two chefs, well-renowned chefs, best chefs of New- of New York for 2016 are coming to San Francisco doing six course taster. We're drinking Fort Point beers. We're in the Presidio. It's at uh,
0: oct.co slash mm-hmm. events. You can find that stuff there. You I Tampa would be Bay there. folks, uh, recent piece up on Tampa Bay's surging beer scene. So That's if you're right. out there in Tampa Bay, That's take a look. what's going on over there. And as always,
1: thanks for listening.